name is Dr. Mary Larjani, and welcome to Skin the Surface, a monthly segment where we address important topics related to your skin. This show is intended to serve as an educational resource for members of our community. Our hope is that we encourage you to take a more active role in your skin health. We do not provide any personal medical advice, so if you feel like any of the issues we discussed today apply to you, and we hope that many of them do, we recommend that you consult with your board-certified dermatologist for more information. On today's episode, we will be discussing skin care tips for the new parent, guiding all those new parents out there on safe and effective skin care routines, baby safe products, newborn and infant skin care rashes, and birthmarks. I'm joined today by Dr. Kostelnik. Dr. Kostelnik is a pediatrician and practices at Nemours Pediatrics right down the street in Villanova. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get right into it. Um, so pediatricians and dermatologists work very closely with each other um, to manage many different skin conditions, including rashes in particular, in the newborn and infant period of time. And it often takes a team and a lot of close communication between pediatricians and dermatologists to manage these rashes really effectively. So as a pediatrician, you are typically the first one who's going to see a rash in a newborn or infant. So can you tell us a little bit about some of those common skin, skin rashes that you encounter in the newborn period? Of course, yes. So um, I act as a general pediatrician at um, the Nemours DuPont Children's Hospital at Villanova. We see kids from birth to age 21, but you're right. Newborn rashes are so common and they can certainly be a cause of concern for you know, your exciting and exhilarating time heading home with them seeing rashes. Uh, so I think one of the most common things that we see probably the most common thing to talk about first would be babies heading home from the hospital in that first week or so of life get very dry, flaky skin. Mm -hmm. um, we often see that when you come to your first pediatrician appointment right after you go home from the hospital. Uh, I always think of it as the fact that babies are in mom in that amniotic fluid and you come out and that top layer of skin has to kind of just naturally fall off. Mm -hmm. And usually we don't recommend that you do anything to the skin, kind of let nature take its course, let that top layer come off with time. Yeah, that's definitely one of those newborn rashes that you don't need to worry. Everything will be okay. 100%, yes. Yeah. There's another common newborn rash that comes to mind that has a funny name, a scary name that's actually not scary in real life. It's called erythema toxicum. And a large amount of babies have that in that first week of life. They'll get little tiny red splotches with a little almost red pimple in the middle that could almost look like a little tiny white head in the middle. Uh, and parents will see that often right after birth or within that first week. And again, it's another one of those baby rashes that will self-resolve, go away by the first week or two. And it's really of no cause for concern either. Yeah, that's great. So not not always something to be worried about, but these are a couple of great great examples of things that are definitely something that's nothing to fear, but always a good thing to ask your pediatrician in those first I think in, is a good rule of thumb for newborn rashes is certainly talk to your pediatrician um, and if you have any concerns, but especially if your baby has a rash and looks ill or isn't feeding quite right or just does not seem quite right to you, then definitely get in touch with your doctor. Yeah, that's great. Great tips for the parents out there. Wonderful. Any other rashes that you see? I think another very common rash that a lot of parents deal with is diaper rashes. Oh, definitely. I think that's about half of all the rashes that we see as dermatologists and babies. A hundred percent, yes. Um, especially in the summer months when you're you're hot and the moisture can get trapped in there. It's a very common, common baby rash. 
Um, one of the most common diaper rash cause is just an irritation. We call it an irritant diaper dermatitis. Um, and it basically has to do with the diaper kind of coming in touch with the skin repetitively and not having time to air out. Um, and that'll basically be some redness on the exposed surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of tricks for that would be you could apply an inclusive cream, like a barrier cream. Yeah. Usually like a real thick one that you could purchase um, to kind of give a barrier between the skin and the diaper. And kind of letting the baby have some time without the diaper on, which can be hard. But if you want to get a, um, a nice towel that the baby can lay on, just air that skin out. Yeah, oftentimes it's just that chronic irritation and rubbing and it's not the cleanliest environment. So <laughs> that definitely can be a cause. We also often sometimes we'll see um, other causes too, like allergy as well. I don't know if you see that too, but um, a lot of fragrance, um, mm -hmm. preservatives from the wipes that parents are using or even dye from the diapers um, can also cause a similar rash. Agreed. Sometimes if you'll switch diaper brands, you might even see a, a change for that, or you can actually get improvement if you ch change diaper brands. And then I agree with you, wipes have their place, but sometimes just the act of using that wipe um, can, can irritate the sensitive skin. So especially if you do have a rash, I recommend just using a paper towel or a nice little soft washcloth to wipe the skin off. Mm -hmm. That's great. Perfect. Um, any other rashes? So I guess it bears mentioning also, because with you can have normal diaper rashes, but you can also have yeast diaper rashes, which the reason I kind of bring it up is it, yeast likes a warm, wet environment. So a diaper is a good setup for that, but also during the summer months, we see a lot of those rashes. Mm -hmm. uh, so parents will see kind of like an angry red skin more in the creases of the baby's diaper area as opposed to the kind of like exposed surface. And it can start to spread out in little dots. It can kind of extend away from the creases. And that I do recommend that you talk to your doctor about. There's some over-the-counter antifungal creams, but there's prescription antifungal creams that pediatricians can prescribe as well. Yeah, that's such an important point that you bring up. And one that we often harp on as dermatologists too, is that um, the location is key in kind of trying to figure out um, the detective work of what's causing the diaper rash. So um, you're absolutely right. Um, where the rash is located says so much about what the rash could be. So that's great advice. Great. Awesome. Um, okay, great. Any other rashes you want to bring up about the, about the newborn period? So another common one that probably bears mentioning because we do see a lot in the newborn period, the first couple months of life, little babies will have tiny little milia on their nose and chins. They're little whitish, yellowish spots. They're harmless also. You can kind of see a trend here, um, but they are basically just a cosmetic issue. They're, they're blocked skin ducts that will self-resolve with time as well. So don't worry if you see those little tiny yellowish, whitish bumps on the nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those often sometimes get confused with acne bumps as well, which I'm sure you see. Yes, definitely. Yeah, but again, nothing to worry about. And you're right. Um, with the consideration of um, baby acne, we do see a lot of babies with baby acne as well. Mm -hmm. um, usually on those cheeks, as you mentioned, and it looks a lot like teenager acne. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you can probably sense a trend here, but you can you can take a hands-off approach with baby acne as well. Mm -hmm. We usually don't recommend using any products or um, soaps or anything like that on the face. Simply taking a wet washcloth and kind of cleansing that face once a day is probably all you need to do for baby acne because that will resolve once the, the hormones from mom resolve as well. 
Yeah. And, and really no impact into adult acne. So nothing for the parents to worry about in that regard. Definitely. Yes. Great. Um, anything else you'd like to share that you see commonly? Um, one thing that's not exactly a rash, but that we talk about a lot with um, parents in the newborn period for that first week or so, uh, and especially like in the hospital, is what's called acrocyanosis, where the hands and feet of newborns will have a little bluish tinge to them, kind of purpley blue. And that has to do with an instability of those little tiny blood vessels in the skin. So especially you come to your pediatrician appointment, you'll undress the baby to get weighed. And a lot of parents will see those little hands and feet get blue as all the blood kind of goes to the important central part of the body. Yeah. Keep your baby dressed, um, you know, when you're in the coolness. If it's um, summertime and you're in the air conditioning, we just recommend if you, if you see that, you can just make sure they're nice and, and bundled and warm. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. Now, another thing I wanted to bring up very briefly um, was, and you sometimes we see these in newborns, but oftentimes it's more into the infant period, is things like cradle cap and eczema. So are these rashes that you see, I'm sure, quite a lot? Definitely. Yes, I agree with you. Probably more, um, you're right, cradle cap can be a little bit earlier. And then yes, eczema is uh, you know, month two, three, four. So we see a lot of that as a pediatrician. Yeah, and they can look very similar too. And there's oftentimes a little bit of overlap, but, um, you know, cradle cap, we usually think about those like greasy scales that the babies um, and the newborns will get um, or the infants on their scalp. But you can also get it kind of in other creases and areas of the body. And then um, eczema as well. So eczema is like a, we could talk the whole episode about eczema, but, yeah. um, you know, babies who have very um, dry skin and um, start to develop these types of kind of weepy rashes um, may have a little bit of that component of eczema going on. So um, other things to think about. And I think it's good to think about the fact that adults with eczema can sometimes have it in different places than babies. A lot of babies will initially develop eczema on their faces. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll get that dry kind of red skin on their cheeks. And then usually their arms, like kind of like the back of their arms, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's so true. Again, like location is key in um, diagnosing skin conditions in babies. So that's that's great advice. So, um, okay, great. Um, so let's kind of like transition a little bit. Um, and, and you already started to kind of um, touch on this a bit, but kind of the approach, the general approach to newborn rashes and um, any tips that you um, didn't already mention, any tricks about um, what parents can do at home to kind of manage these skin conditions. So I think for the few that we mentioned that you can take a hands-off approach, yes, just kind of let the skin in the first week or so be, let their baby's skin acclimate to being outside the womb. Um, I know we talked about diaper rashes, uh, using occlusive creams. I recommend thick ointments. So those clear ones that um, can be a little oily, but they work really well to kind of provide a barrier between the skin. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Baby acne, as we kind of alluded to, also you can leave that alone. With, um, with the mention of cradle cap, that seborrhea in the scalp, we often recommend leaving alone if it's not a lot of um, uh, area of the scalp. But if it's not bothering you, you could just leave it alone. But you could also take a, an oil-based product as well. Baby oil, even things like olive oil and coconut oil and massage that into the scalp and take a little... Um, a little brush or a toothbrush and kind of flake, flake those those flakes off the skin. Yeah, gentle exfoliation is key. Great. <laughs> um, yes. you, know, you don't want to scrub and rub, but yeah, very gently is that's exactly right. That's um, a very good um, trick to kind of get rid of some of that um, scale because it can really kind of pile on 
um, and build up if you're not kind of doing a little bit of work to get rid of it. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you have to stick with it. You have to do it once a day or so. Yeah, I know. That's that's one thing. And we can also kind of um, discuss this a little later too about like uh, just general skincare. But, you know, sometimes parents are nervous to bathe their baby too much. But as long as you're bathing and following up with moisturizing, that's the key component. Um, it, it is safe to kind of um, wash the hair every single day um, to kind of try to get rid of some of that, that built up um, uh, debris from the rash. So that's a question we often will get asked too. Great. Yeah, I think it's important too to think about that your baby in the first couple months doesn't really do much to get really dirty. So, uh, you know, you don't need to bathe super frequently, but I agree in that, in that hair, especially if your baby has a lot of hair, you can do that more often. Yeah, exactly. Great. great. Um, and then when in doubt, if you're trying these, you know, methods and they're not working out for you, then that's really when you want to talk with your pediatrician um, or your dermatologist um, to kind of see if, you know, something's being missed or, you know, maybe something more is actually needed. And, you know, sometimes we actually do use medications, topical creams for babies who have, you know, persistent rashes, um, or like you mentioned, if those over-the-counter yeast creams aren't working, sometimes you really need to bump it up to prescription grade. So when in doubt, definitely have your doctor check it out um, is always my motto. Definitely. Okay, perfect. Um, so, um, you know, we talked about rashes. I kind of wanted to transition a little bit into other skin um, conditions that will be brought up in that newborn period of time. So um, another common issue that parents will encounter are birthmarks um, as well as moles. And so oftentimes parents aren't sure if the birthmarks or moles are spots they should be worried about. Um, and often will come to their pediatrician, you know, with these questions. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the birthmarks that you commonly see in the newborn and infant period? Um, and at what point you think maybe something more will be done or when they should see a dermatologist? Great. Yes, of course. So I think the most common one that comes to mind is a, a simple one, nevus simplex, where babies will get what's kind of anecdotally called a uh, angel kiss on the forehead or a stork bite on the back of the neck. Uh, I usually kind of joke to my patients that, you know, if it has a cutesy name like that, it's not dangerous. And they're little splotches. They're little red splotches between the eyes or on the eyelids. And they are just little dilated blood vessels in that top layer of skin. You could see it through the uh, through that thin skin of the face. And, and then they'll fade with time. It's one of those things where you'll see your baby cry and the blood vessels will become brighter. You'll see it more. Uh, you might be a two-year-old that cries. And you might see a little splotch on the forehead, but they do usually resolve with time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really important to note. And um, like you said, most of the time they'll fade, but then, you know, with like emotions or increased pressure, you might even notice them still. But, um, but those are very common. We see them even in adults, um, you know, when we do our skin checks, they still, some of them still are a little bit persistent, but um, you know, if they're ever ex very large or crossing a large portion of the forehead, or maybe kind of dipping down into the eye area, um, maybe something that you'd want to have checked out just to make sure it's not anything else. I agree. I think they can sometimes be confused with port wine stains, which usually kind of same idea. They're flat, red, cover a large portion of the skin, a little bigger than those little tiny splotches for the for the angel kisses. And I agree as pediatricians, we'll kind of make sure it doesn't cover certain parts of the face and utilize our dermatology colleagues if so. Yeah, wonderful. Great. What else have you been seeing? We see a lot in... Um, 
Babies that have extra pigment to their skin, we see uh, like the dermal melanocytosis where there's almost like a bruising color to the skin, usually at the base of the spine, but it could be other parts of the body too. Um, it's actually very prevalent in babies who have darker skin tones, and those are just certainly extra pigment cells that get deposited there. And I think it's important to bring that up because if you see that on your baby's lower back, um, anywhere else on their skin, your pediatrician can document it in their chart. So it's not confused for a bruise later in life. No, that's great. And just like you had mentioned before, sometimes they fade a little bit over time. Sometimes they're always a little bit there, but um, but yeah, that's great um, for that purpose because it's very commonly, um, especially if you're not, you don't know what you're looking for, um, mis, you know, confused with, with something else um, that would be a little bit more um, concerning. Yes. Yeah. And I think a birthmark that can certainly be a little bit more worrisome to parents are hemangiomas. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of times we will utilize dermatology. If we see hemangiomas, especially if they're large or on the face, near the eye, that kind of thing. Yeah. So those so, are, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, can you explain a little bit about what a hemangioma does or what it looks like? Of course. So those are the... A larger collection of blood vessels that almost will look like a cherry or a strawberry that's kind of protruding from the skin. They can be under the skin too, where they get that little bluish purpley twinge to them because they're deeper in the skin. They might not stick out. Mm-hmm. And you'll see them over the first few months of life actually get a little bigger as those blood vessels grow a little bit. And then usually around six months or so, they'll start to shrink up and kind of resolve into themselves. Um, but we do like to pay more attention to them if they are on the face, uh, they're more of a cosmetic concern, or if they're around the eyes, the nose, the lips, or if they're especially big. Okay. Yeah. And that's so true. And sometimes they can almost look like those other types of, um, you know, um, spots that we were talking about before, like almost just like a little patch of color that, you know, rapidly starts to grow. So definitely if it's changing, that's something you want to let your pediatrician know about. Definitely, yes. And another thing you could do is take pictures at home. And usually as a pediatrician, we'll take a photo in the office and we can always upload it to digital charts so you can follow it with time. Oh, yeah, that's great. I know now technology allows us to have everything captured through digital media, um, which is great. Um, Okay, great. Any other um, spots that you wanted to mention that you noticed in the newborn period? Um, So rash-wise, I think we covered everything. Is there anything you can think of? I, I would say the only other thing I could think of is sometimes babies, um, some moles actually are congenital and babies are born with some type of moles. And so sometimes yeah. parents will get very concerned and say, you know, what do I need to look out for? When should I be worried? Um, is that, do you guys commonly see? That's a good point. Yes. Because yes, you can get some uh, birthmarks or, or some people call them moles in the newborn period. And they can actually come a little bit over the first few months of life as well. Yeah. And I like your idea of monitoring them for change. If you notice that the color is changing a lot, if there's multiple colors in the same mole, or if they're um, growing very rapidly, that warrants calling your doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have like tons of mnemonics that help us remember. Um, but, you know, the most important is any change, um, you know, larger than the size of a pencil eraser, you may want to have that looked at. Um, but most important to know is that any sort of skin cancer or melanoma in a baby is extremely rare. Um, so um, likely most areas can be monitored and, and treated conservatively. Great. Yes. 
Perfect. Okay, great. So we've discussed some common skin conditions and how to navigate these with your pediatrician and dermatologist. Um, but how about just some general skincare information for these new parents? So we often get asked, um, particularly our new parents, how often should they be bathing their newborn? What products are good to use? How do you know if something's going to be safe on the newborn skin? Um, so to start that off, can you tell us a little bit about some of your bathing tips that you give the new parent? Of course, yes. This is a great, uh, great topic because I think a lot of parents, especially for first-time parents, it's hard to bathe that little, kind of like wiggly baby. So, I think uh, in that first week or so, you do want to wait until the umbilical cord falls off or for any circumcision to heal up. And in that first week, week and a half, you're just gonna do a little sponge bathe if need to, you know, around the spit-up areas or diaper area if need to. And then after that time, I usually recommend bathing your baby about two to three times a week. Um, I do recommend a couple practical tips. Um, one is to kind of have everything ready for your baby. You don't want to be looking for the towel and not be ready to have that baby put somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then really make sure you get in the creases, under the arms, that kind of thing. I also find a lot of families worry about baby's ears, but you actually don't really have to worry about getting water in the ears that much. You know, that eardrum is going to protect the ear. The water won't get in too far. So if you have a little splash, don't worry too much. Yeah, that's all great. And then I think uh, I usually recommend using baby products that are pretty hypoallergenic and fragrant free. I think it's very appealing to buy those nice smelling products, but my usual general rule of thumb is that they can sometimes irritate that sensitive newborn skin. So you want to kind of use a product that doesn't really have much scent to it. Yeah, that's great advice, especially for the babies who, you know, are more prone to getting eczema or have that family history. They're probably, their number one reaction is most likely going to be from fragrance. So um, although the, you know, they make your baby smell good um, and they're cute and adorable, it's probably best to limit that. And that's often our recommendation as well. And I think that baby smell is good anyway, so they don't really need it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, and then I know we kind of touched on moisturizer before, but um, what do you usually recommend for that? So I usually recommend an ointment-based moisturizer. And I know you already alluded to it, but right after bathing, kind of lock in that moisture from the bath time. So pat your baby dry. And while they're still a little bit glistening from the water from the bath, just coat them in uh, an ointment moisturizer, like a petroleum jelly type moisturizer. Yeah, we actually term that soak and smear. I don't know if you use that terminology as well, but yeah, you just soak them in the tub and then you smear on that good moisturizer when the skin's still a little damp to kind of really lock everything in. And I think babies who have more sensitive skin, if they have eczema, you can certainly use those more, more often, two, three times a day, but definitely after the bath. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Great. Um, perfect. So then um, any other tips you wanted to throw in there, but I think we kind of hit it all, the bathing, the washing, the moisturizing. I think that's about it with the idea of knowing that once your baby starts solids, you might have to change your routine a little bit. You might be getting more messy, but that's good for that as first couple, first few months is good for that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so kind of to piggyback off of that. So searching for safe products for newborn skin can be really daunting, um, particularly again, for our new parents out there. So um, especially when you consider how many products are out there, they're marketed as safe. We've kind of started to touch on some of the elements, um, but can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, 
what you look out for for babies who particularly have dry sensitive skin, like maybe our eczema prone babies? Uh, I think a good rule of thumb is the fragrance free. If it smells like lavender or smells like something, stay away from that. And looking for an ointment as opposed to a cream. I think that can be confusing, but ointments are, like we said, the ones that are clear. Um, And then the creams can sometimes have other components in them to stabilize them that are white consistency. Um, They're not as well soaked into the skin, I don't think. And they can sometimes cause a little bit of sensitivity as well. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, so I mean, basically, you have lotions out there, creams and ointments, lotions, it's a lot of, um, you know, water based some alcohols, it kind of irritates the skin creams, like you said, in order to preserve them have a lot of preservatives, um, and ointments are really your best bet. Um, one thing we often get asked by parents is, well, I my product I'm using is organic, doesn't that mean it's good for my baby? What is your thoughts about organic products? Um, I think certainly, there's a personal preference. And if you'd like to use that, you certainly can with going with the idea of watching out for the fragrances and the scents as well. Yeah, definitely. Be be cautious with the botanicals because that can really be um, where a lot of the fragrances are. And one thing I always like to tell patients is, um, you know, I always remind them that poison ivy is also organic, but you wouldn't want to rub that on your baby's skin. So just be very cautious what um, additives are in those organic products. That's a great point. Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, And just to kind of wrap things up, seeing as we're in the summer months, um, I just want to transition to a couple final tips for the parents. Um, So particularly questions that come up, what sunscreens are safe, what insect repellents are safe. Are there any recommendations that you like to give for your um, newborn skin um, in terms of kind of um, sun protection and insect repellent? Of course, yes. So sun protection, we do like to wait until as close to six months as possible. And even after that time, try to avoid that midday sun, wear long sleeves, long pants and hats. Um, And then when you do put sunscreens on your baby, I like to recommend products that are simply zinc oxide. They're usually marketed as the baby sunscreen, but they include the product only zinc oxide, which is just a barrier between your your skin and the sun. Um, For insect repellents, uh, down to age two months, you can use products with DEET in it. Actually, you want to look for 10 to 30%, and you want to apply it probably on your hands and then to the baby's uh, lower legs. Uh, You wouldn't want to put it on their hands just in case they get that in their mouth. And then there's a newer product out there, um, oil of lemon eucalyptus. That product is recommended after you're age three years old. So you can certainly use those for your older kids as well. Okay, that's great. And then um, just to kind of piggyback off that, um, there are some products out there that are combination sunscreen and insect propellant. So usually those are not recommended um, just because, you know, with the sunscreens, we recommend patients reapply them every two hours, but you definitely don't want to be applying insect repellent that often. Great. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And then if you are applying the insect repellents, you'd want to wash off as soon as you come inside once you're done with your once done after their day, but you're right, apply sunscreen every two hours, I think is, is that what you usually tell patients as well? Yeah, and then if they're like in and out of water a little bit more frequently, um, but yeah, the general rule is, um, you know, 30 or higher mineral based and then reapply every two hours. Great. Wonderful. Well, do you have any last kind of tips um, or anything we missed that you wanted to cover? I think the only last thing I wanted to leave with is is being in close contact with your pediatrician. If you have any concerns, um, like you said, with technology nowadays, you can send us photos of rashes you're worried about. And I think your pediatrician can be a good ally. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Um, well, thank you so much, Dr. Kosnelik. It was so great that you joined today's conversation about newborn skin and skin conditions. And we really appreciated hearing all of your insight and your personal experience in um, caring for newborns and infants. So thank you. All right. Thank you very much. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for joining in today's discussion about your skin. We hope that you learned something new. If you like what you heard today, tune into our Skin the Surface podcast available on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at skinthesurfacepod.com. Mm-hmm.